Hello and welcome to episode one uh, of the uh, EVs and Beyond live stream. So you guys have seen uh, us before. We've uh, done a few of these things for kind of brand specific stuff. But now we decided that the EV community really could do with a bit of a, a weekly get together, a weekly chat uh, about the topics of the week and more often than not look at some more detailed things around the place. Uh, have a bit of fun, nothing too serious. Uh, but uh, yeah, a, a you know, just a bit of a joke about and enjoy the uh, EV community that's growing so quickly. Now, normally this thing is going to be on a Tuesday night, a Tuesday night at eight o'clock. Uh, but this first one's actually going to be tonight. It was tonight for a very good reason, and that's because the BYD Addo Three was launched today, uh, and uh, we were asked to hold off on any more coverage around the car uh, until today. So that's why we've waited. Uh, otherwise, uh, we would have had to sit here, uh, sit here on Tuesday, and people would know what I had parked in a garage just over there. And uh, I wouldn't have been able to talk about it, so that wouldn't be too fun. So now, uh, a little bit of housekeeping. We have those comment sections if you're on Facebook or if you're on YouTube. Uh, please don't forget to ask any questions, make any comments you want. We will interact as much as we can, uh, but we will probably focus on the questions towards the end of the uh, of the show, if possible. We're probably going to run for about half an hour here tonight. Uh, maybe a little less, maybe a little more. We'll see how we go. Now, I have two guests with me tonight. Now, the first one uh, is uh, well known within the BYD segment of, and perhaps MG segment of the uh, uh, community. Uh, that is Trisha Hudson. I'm going to bring in now. Uh, now, Trisha, uh, welcome to the show. You're eagerly awaiting your car, I gather. But you've had EVs for a while. I have. I've had the MG, the first generation, for about 15 months. And then I put an order in actually for the second gen and uh, it hasn't arrived yet. So kind of got a bit tired of waiting and moved over to the dreamy side, shall we say. <laughs> Fantastic. And have you, they told you when you're getting your car yet? I believe it'll be next week. I'm not sure. I haven't got an exact date, but uh, we shall see. Yes. Excellent. I know other Excellent. people, other people are getting them earlier. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think the first couple of customer cars, I understand went out in Wellington today. I know at least one did because uh, if those of you watched the original BYD live stream with Warren and uh, and the team from Andrew Sims, we mentioned there that uh, my famous Uncle Robert was getting a car. Well, uh, he got his today. He's very happy. Um, he uh, he quickly informed me that his wife Margaret sped at 110 kilometers on the way home. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's certainly been exciting that start for a few people, but. Uh, a little bit of a wait for others. Now, my uh, second guest tonight is, again, very well known in the EV uh, social community. Uh, he is the man with the beard, the man who drives a big electric truck, and a man who uh, goes far too far in a 24 kilowatt hour leaf. Bring you into the room now, uh, Adam Middlebob. Thanks for joining us, Adam. G'day. <laughs> now, we do apologize. Adam's internet's a little bit uh, shaky. His... Uh, his flatmates are watching a movie, I think, but uh, we can hear him pretty well, uh, and that's uh, good. So, the are you excited about the BYD Yato Three uh, arriving, Adam? Yeah, I think it's a great addition to the New Zealand and BYD for nearly a decade now, and their technology is second to none. They're right up there with Tesla. If if I was in the market for a car. You know, I'll hesitate to bring it that very, very seriously. And I've recommended them to a few people online. 
I don't really have any friends to recommend them to, but, you know, online I'll push people towards the BYD. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, have you emailed BYD New Zealand to ask if they will uh, do the thing that you like to ask car- if they can do with cars? I haven't. No, I thought I'd just sort of, you know, do it sneakily, just show up for a test drive one day and sort of show up and return it with ball tip. <laughs> for those who couldn't couldn't hear through the slightly jumbled uh, uh, noise there, uh, that uh, <coughs> Adam rather likes to do burnouts. So, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure yet if it'll do a burnout. It certainly does lose a little bit of traction off the line, but, uh, yeah, a burnout might be a little bit far. But let's um, jump into how uh, the actual news itself, because there is a car that I know is going to excite you. Uh, I'm not sure uh, if... Enough water and... Yeah. <laughs> what about what about the old McDonald's uh, plastic trays? Um. Yeah, Maybe. they work pretty good. So I've heard. So I've heard. <laughs> right. Let's uh, jump into the first segment. And for a little, well, yeah. Tishal Tishal Badong saying uh, front wheel burnouts. Lol. Uh, and yes, Tanner, the uh, shows will be rewatchable. They're going to just stay on YouTube, uh, on our channel, and on Facebook permanently. Um, yeah, front wheel drive burnouts can be fun. A little bit of water. Yeah, I'm not sure how you do that on the test capture test drive, but uh, the uh, stability control in the BYD can be turned off. I can guarantee you of that. Now we are going to jump straight into our first segment today, and our first segment comes with some embarrassingly bad graphics uh, because this was all done on a bit of a bit of a run, and we'll uh, add some new ones later. But let's uh, jump into the EVs and Beyond news update. That was the best Canva had to offer at the last minute. Right, so story one, and this is uh, on the front page of EVs and Beyond now. The muscle car has gone electric. Dodge has debuted an EV charger. Now, not an EV charger as in a charger for EVs, but an EV car called it the charger. So they've gone and confused the bloody world there with that one, haven't they? Um, yeah, it said, let the puns begin. Uh, after pledging to create the world's first electric muscle car last year, Dodgers debuted the Charger Daytona SRT concept. Although it's not yet confirmed for production, the SRT concept signals a grand step for the Stellantis company as it prepares to electrify its lineup while simultaneously hoping to lure in traditional muscle car faithful. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one. I'm going to put up some uh, slides here uh, that will help us see what that looks like. Does that does that uh, tickle the beard, Adam? Yeah, I can see myself driving that really, really, really fast. Lots of tire <laughs> smoke. Yeah, I, I'd be happy with that. I've been waiting for Dodge to go electric for you know a couple of years now. I've been a Dodge fan f- since I was beardless, actually, that long, um, and. I'm a fan. <laughs> now, unfortunately, we don't have any specs in it yet, but we're just going to assume it's going to heck of a lot of power. Um, you would hope it's rear-wheel drive, considering it's a Dodge, but heck, it might be your wheel drive. Maybe they could do switchable rear-wheel drive for those big smoky 11s. But, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting car, considering we've seen in America there's quite a trend of guys going out there and stripping out Model S plaids and that kind of thing and going and torturing the hot rod petrol guys on the track. Well... Maybe you'd like a bit of a compa- cam- uh, companion in the uh, in the charger. What what are your what are your thoughts on that, Trisha? Is that uh, 
an interesting one to you or uh i can't say i'd be able to fit the kids in there i see it's like a, a two-door <laughs> um yeah but it looks amazing it looks like a dream to drive to be able to drive Let's... it one day this, this, this will be a practical family car. The Dodge Charger is about as big as a city block. So, I mean, even if it looks uh, a bit sleeker, it's uh, it's probably going to have some space inside. Oh, it's, it looks beautiful. Lovely. Look at the lines of the front. Stunning. Mm -hmm. mm. It's uh, it's interesting to see that this is being kind of bought through in the, the Stellantis brand, you know, which if we look through has things like Opal and Peugeot and, and uh, um, uh, Fiat and so forth. And the others have made quite a head start in electrification. So it's good to see they're finally bringing that technology uh, across to Dodge. Hopefully it doesn't have the same 50 kilowatt battery they seem to have in every other Stellantis electric vehicle because that might leave us a little bit, uh, bit short on range. Richard, where, where are they going to be made in? They haven't... Uh, well, you haven't, you'd assume for that it would be made in America. Though... They have just released another Dodge PHEV, which is actually built in Italy, weirdly. Um, I'm not exactly sure what the name of that was. I think it's a, they've reused an old name like a Hornet or something like that. But it's basically a Alfa Romeo plug-in hybrid SUV with a Dodge face slapped on the front. Um, I can't see them doing anything with this, but it probably will share a platform with something electric from Maserati or something, perhaps. Um, Probably, probably not, not for right-hand drive, unfortunately. But that's never stopped the New Zealand market before. So yes, right now let's move on to another story in cars that may actually uh, come to New Zealand, and that has that uh, five electric SUV models are coming from Mahindra. Now, not necessarily all five are coming, but five electric SUVs we launched in India by the end of 2024 with some possibly coming here. That's under a new expanded cooperation deal between Mahindra and Mahindra and Volkswagen Group, expected to be signed off later this year. The update comes as Mahindra prepares for a new model onslaught in New Zealand. Could the market be ready for another affordable plug-in competitor? Of course it could. Um, now, just a little bit of insight on that. I've spoken to the... Uh, um, the uh, head of Mahindra in New Zealand, or one of the, the leaders of Mahindra in New Zealand, they're actually landing electric vehicles here to test in New Zealand this year. Um, and that vehicle, I understand, is going to be an electrified version of the Mahindra XUV500, which, if you go one step back, is the same car as, I think, the uh, Sangyong Tivoli. So it's a small SUV, kind of Kona, maybe a little bit, you know, between Kona and BYD at 03 size. Um, unclear exactly what uh, battery will be in there, but I know that they are saying they only really want to do it if they can target some really cheap prices, so below $50,000, um, which the market, I'm sure, will suck up. It's whether it's a case of they're willing to go with the Mahindra brand, but I guess with people like yourself, Trisha, jumping to new brands as they're coming in the market, you can't rule out people wanting to go for these kind of vehicles anymore, can you? No, and I think it's, it's really important these days to look at, the kit that comes with the car, right? Technology has just moved on so much now that you're actually not pay, not having to pay very much for a lot of kit in a car. Mm, mm. So um, I do wonder, though, like, you know, with the MGs and, and the BYD, um, there was a bit of a stigma attached to it, right? Or there still is, perhaps, about Chinese-made and, you know, it being coming from a Chinese factory, um, with these being from the Indian factory. Actually, I think, did, did some MGs come from, from the India factory? The ones that are in New Zealand? No, I don't think the ones in New Zealand came from the Indian factory, though they do build some there. There definitely are mm. Indian cars in New Zealand and not necessarily ones you'd think. Um, 
the Jeep, um, the Jeep Compass. Compass? Yeah, Jeep Compass comes from uh, comes from India, and I've been in that. It's a very nicely built car. I've been in some of the Mahindras, and they're actually rather nice cars as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I I don't think it necessarily uh, needs to be a bad thing. Um, mm. Some of these uh, vehicles coming here from different factories, and look, I think people have jumped to trust the uh, Chinese uh, pretty well. Um, Adam, would you drive an Indian electric vehicle in New Zealand? I wouldn't have a problem with it personally. I mean, pe people said the same thing when Japanese cars first started coming here. You you couldn't trust them. You wanted to go with good, reliable British cars or whatever. And everyone has a Japanese car and no one thinks anything of it. It's just become normal. I think the same thing will happen with Chinese and in this case, probably Indian-made cars i mean it everything else electronic is made or is made with components that are made in china and no one has any problem with the quality so why would this be any different mm -hmm. people didn't get to that so much software globally is developed out of india they are a very tech savvy and advanced country when it comes to uh to engineering mm. Uh, uh, Tushil on the chat says uh, Mahindra is a force to reckon with they provide support and tech to F1 teams they also own Pinafarina uh, which is a design studio that's totally true yeah um, the uh, Tushil says MG is made in they've had some in success in Formula E yeah yeah they've had a bit of success in Formula E too so that they've got EV experience so mm. Now let's on to a, go on to another new brand that's just arrived in New Zealand or is in the process of arriving in New Zealand. Uh, we have uh, Opel has uh, confirmed the their market debut uh, with uh, the pricing for its first Kiwi-bound electric vehicle, the Mokka E. The returning brand has confirmed the starting price uh, of the vehicle in a single SRI spec at $69,990 plus on-road costs. Its range is stated at 363 kilometres per charge. By virtue of, a 50, of its 50 kilowatt hour lithium ion battery, it comes made to a 100 kilowatt, 260 newton meter electric motor with power set at the front wheels. They have an eight year or 160,000 kilometer uh, battery warranty. Um, to trigger that, you have to slip below 70% capacity. Um, so, for people that don't know Opel, of course, it's, it was uh, GM's German arm. It was somewhat of a sister brand to Holden, and we had a lot of share models here, uh, but uh, they were. At the same time Holden was dropped from here, they were bought by, or just before they were bought by Stellantis, so they're again part of that group. And if you scratch the skin of this car particularly deep, you'll find under there basically an E2008, uh, and it is kind of the same price as an E2008. Um, so, uh, yeah, interesting to see another offering from that group in the market. Um, it's a pretty funky urban thing, isn't it, really? I like the it. I like yeah, I like the look of it. Actually, funny, um, Richard, today I actually got a call from, from the dealer saying, hey, the cars are actually arriving. I just registered my interest, you know, just to, to be able to find out how much how much they would be and when they would come on the market. So I think it's pretty soon, I guess, if I'm getting calls already. Richard has frozen. <laughs> Can you hear us, Richard? 
You can hear no, me, Adam. Richard says no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can, I can hear you. Um, I think it'll be a great addition to the New Zealand market, um, especially for, for Holden fans. I mean, a lot of the Holden range has been voxels with the voxel badge taken off and a Holden badge put on. So, you know, if, if you're one of those Holden that needs a Holden, you can just put a Holden badge on it and it'll be the same. Um, so it covers that market and, you know, more options are always good too. Yeah, and it's it's pretty funky. I think it looks quite um, quite cute actually with the, uh, especially that and the two-tone, the black and the green, the lime green. Yeah, I, I quite like the shade of green that it, that it comes in. I've seen a number of reviews of it and it looks quite cool. Um, and it's actually nice to see a green car that's actually available in which makes a nice change now if things can go wrong they will go wrong i hope everyone can hear me okay we have literally had a power cut <laughs> <laughs> yes but, we lost you there but, for a minute um but you're back and you're in you're sitting yes. in the dark <laughs> yes so so we'll carry on if people can hear me okay we may as well uh carry on with this uh, and we'll just sure. put this down as an amusing thing. So uh, thank you everyone for sticking with us through that technical fun. Uh, and hopefully the lights will come back on here shortly. But uh, yeah, uh, no, it's, it's interesting. I, I think it's just perhaps a little bit overpriced uh, is my issue with the the Opal. They've kind of not disconnected themselves from the Peugeot there. You know, it's the same price. I think the Peugeot, Peugeot now is about two or three grand more. Um, be nice mm -hmm. if it was just a couple of grand cheaper, I think. Um, but I guess it's kind of there for people that, don't really, aren't really ready to go Chinese, perhaps, I don't know. <laughs> mm. um, there's a bit of a heritage with that brand as well, right? You know, people sort of seem to to recognise it from the old days and, you know, there's a bit of, of heritage there, I think. Um, and uh, mm -hmm. what's the WLTP for the Peugeot, Richard? I think it's the same. But to be honest, it, the car won't do that. I mean, the, those, those cars, you're really looking at a mid-250 range car. It's not a 363k right, k car. Yeah. But yeah. then as we'll get to later on, the BYD is not a 420k car. So it's, um, yeah, all those numbers need to be taken with a grain of salt. Sure. Yeah. Now uh, let's uh, jump on to the next one. And this one's down in your, a little closer to your working space, Adam. Uh, Ports of Auckland Sparky gets its official blessing. The world's first full-size ship handling electric tug named Sparky has been blessed by local iwi at the ports of Auckland. The ceremony was held on August 8th to bless Sparky prior to operational use and to officially hand over hand her over from manufacturer Darman. Uh, so that's an, this is an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, it's uh, it's great to see electrification in more areas than just cars, and these are the kind of things that make change. And I guess we could be a little bit proud that probably uh, some of uh, some of our uh, electric vehicles might be pushed into the wharf or nudged into the wharf on a uh, electric tug. And I believe soon, or even maybe now, some of them are coming off the port on an electric track. Um, Adam, you work in this space. Is it, uh, it's getting pretty exciting out there in regards to the electrification of transport, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, as far as I know, there's still only the, the one truck that's doing car transport. It's not really off the port, but um, shuttling between um, dealerships and compliance stores, um, that sort of thing. Um, 
I know that the the Port of Auckland has like big fine. You don't get your three thousand cars off the port in two days or whatever. So they're loaded up on like ten car carrier trucks and they just go out all, all day. But from there it might be on the smaller trucks like the the Ecanter that Karen Haslam has. Um, and, but it, it's it's good to see and it's only a matter of time before some of the bigger trucks start getting electric. I mean, the Scania and Volvo have started to bring in bigger trucks and we've got a tugboat now and everything is going electric. It doesn't matter what size it is. It doesn't matter what job it is. Everything's going that way. Mm -hmm. Can you tell people about your truck, just for those who don't, who don't know? Um, my... My truck is a container truck, so it carries shipping containers around. It's converted by an aftermarket group. It's not an OEM built one, um, but I mean, it's it's a nice wee truck. It's it's not a huge weight capacity, but it does the job it's designed to do, which is shuttling containers around. Yeah. What kind of range have they got? And it's in no way. It's about 130-ish, but that's pulling a trailer all the time. Um, it's never just the truck. It's always got the trailer connected, and that's extra weight, extra drag. You know, it's an extra three and a half tonnes just for the trailer. No load. Um, so that'll add... But, what, yeah. What's so good about it and so different about it compared to driving a normal truck? Uh, the power delivery is way more smooth. It's a lot, lot quieter. Um, most people probably aren't aware that in a truck you are sitting on top of a big, heavy diesel engine. It does make a lot of noise. It does make a lot of vibrations. And if you have the the window open or you open the door um, a lot of smells associated with the diesel engine um, and with the electric truck you just get none of that none of it no noise no smells no vibrations just put your foot down and go I, I have a question for you Adam you know you know with with the trucks and when you're driving along you know roads sometimes you always see um, signs that say no engine braking right must be just so nice and quiet because you can just ignore that sign and not have to abide by any of those rules because you have no yeah, sound. That, that's another one of, yeah, yeah, that's another one of the advantages. Um, like going forward to, um, let's say in 10 years when a lot of trucks are electric, you know, you, you'll be getting big trucks coming into town or whatever, leaving town, and it'll just be, there, there won't be that. <clears throat> As they come into town and slow down to get into that lower um, speed limit zone, which I used to do all the time, um, because with, with, you know you have to slow down, brakes on, all of that sort of thing. But was, with an was, electric was, truck, you have the regenerative braking. Was was that sound a uh, a, a, a engine brake or is that an Iron Maiden riff? Um, a little of both, a little of both, to be honest. <laughs> now, nah, um, yeah, that's my engine brake noise. 
yeah. Now, our uh, our last story in the news today. It's not exactly uh, um, uh, electric trucks or electric tugs, but it is you know public transport, and that's Auckland set to lower transport emissions. A sixty four percent reduction in Auckland transport emissions by twenty thirty through electrifying fleets, cutting traffic, improving public transport and encouraging more travel choice, such as walking and cycling, is proposed in the Auckland Council's Transport Emissions Reduction Pathway. A terp. What a terrible way to put it. Uh, The Council's Environment and Climate Change Committee will consider on Thursday, August 18th, uh, whether to, that was today, whether to adopt the terp. So I haven't actually caught up on the news since then. But it's interesting to see, it's not so much about this, but that, um, electrification and public transport actually become a bit of a football amongst the many uh, candidates for mayor in Auckland. Um, I wish it hadn't, but um, you know we're seeing some positive signs from uh, candidates like uh, um, Vic Beck, but then we're also seeing others who are just like saying, "Dump it! This is too much." Um, I don't even want to give those guys name recognition that uh, that are going that way because it's just backwards thinking and a little bit pop, a little bit uh, appealing to a certain segment, um, but. Uh, yeah, the we have seen some electric buses downtown, and I personally think they make a massive difference, um, just based on uh, the quietness and the, and the lack of emissions that we're seeing down there. Sure, they cost more, but heck, Auckland was da- dying downtown, and anything you do to save it, I guess, is kind of helpful. Adam, would you drive an electric bus if you if you had to switch jobs? Absolutely, absolutely. Trisha, you're, in... um, you're down in Tauranga. What's the what are like down to... there? For... So in Tauranga, we have um, we have a very very low uptake on the on the public bus system that we have. Um, in fact, my husband tries to take the bus uh, when it rains. You know, he normally e-bikes, but uh, he calls it the big yellow taxi because when he gets on it, it's just him. You know, on there. <laughs> so. Um, it's 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 quite sad actually. Um, it would be nice to see more people on there. And if anything, I feel really awful for the bus drivers. You know, they're doing their routes, you know, by themselves. Just it's a very lonely job, I think. Mm, mm, mm. And you know, yeah, not no, to mention it's... the money and 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 the waste that goes into it. And yeah, and they've had um, the council have had a number of plans to try to to try to um, simplify the routes and you know make things more efficient. I think it's. It's quite difficult to handle because Tauranga is a very uh, geographically spread out city, and it's it's got little bits of uh, nooks and crannies and areas that isn't actually naturally accessible by major roads, you know. So I think it's it's a bit of a struggle. I'm no I'm no councillor, but you know it's it's a, a difficult difficult task, I think. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Wonder if they could look at a similar system to what they tested in Auckland, where they took a whole pile of LDV. Uh, EV minibuses uh, in the Devonport Belmont area and had them kind of on a flexible route system. That would certainly be interesting if they could do that there. Oh, that would be perfect. I think also because um, you know in in Taranga also there is a little bit of an aging population, so it's it would suit a lot of um, a lot more people. Uh, definitely get more uptake, and you definitely don't need a huge you know massive bus. You minibuses other way forward. I think yeah, electric minibuses. Yeah. You've gone again, Richard. We keep losing you. I think you're uh, you're frozen. Adam, oh, can you can you hear me? An issue there. Yep, yeah, yeah. No, we're back. We're back. Um, we're back. This is this is the this is us shift sitting on the power cut, uh, wanting to uh, having issues with that. I'm just going to see if the 
I see. So a lot of my a lot of my internet is unfortunately not back up yet. Um, I wish it was. Um, oh, just see, let's see if I can't get off that. No, nothing's working properly. I suspect what's happening is uh, my internet has sort of come back, but sort of not come back is the issue. <laughs> right. So let's carry on. Um, now we will. Uh, Put, uh, we so sorry. I'll start again on that. We've got the uh, BYD Addo Three has launched today. They had the media launch in Auckland. I didn't actually go because um, I see another staff member. I've had kind of enough to do with it from from now on. They had an interesting event where they had a chef uh, cook the uh, media breakfast using the uh, the vehicle to load adapter from the Addo Three. So it is coming. It is here. Um, though that though there's more to tell on that. Uh, and uh, yeah, vehicles are starting to go into the public as we mentioned. A few uh, people got their cars this week. Uh, Andrew Sims in Auckland starts their deliveries on the 22nd uh, and I understand they're looking to deliver about 125 vehicles in a week so that's a really big push bear with them be nice to them they're doing the best they can to get vehicles out uh, as quickly as they can for those of you wondering why they've been here a while and there's been delays in getting them out it's not so much there's been delays it was always kind of planned the vehicles came at a good rate uh, and they had, I think, some software updates they wanted to do to the vehicles first. And also, and I'm probably speaking for people uh, at other businesses here, which maybe I shouldn't do, but I think some people had some concerns away the way on how Tesla had initially delivered vehicles in New Zealand prior to getting their delivery centres when they had large volumes of Model 3s. Had complaints about people getting un dirty cars and vehicles delivered to them on the street and picking them up in car parks. And I just don't think they wanted to go down that track. Uh, and so I know that they're putting an effort into do a reasonable delivery for everyone. Um, now, we uh, have got our car. So just in the interest of openness, we don't we haven't actually purchased a car yet. What we've been given is a uh, vehicle for three months to try uh, out and um, with the option to buy it at the end, um, which is the same thing as we did. Uh, for those of you who recall when we had the uh, MGZS, we ended up buying that. Um, the MGZS is still with us. It's just gone to one of my team members to be their company car. Um, and uh, yeah, so we picked up that car uh, on Sunday morning and there is a video coming on that uh, pickup process, but just for a little bit of a teaser, we'll uh, throw this up on the stream. All right, this is Maeve. Are you excited? Yes. Who wants to be the one to show the car? You. Okay. Should we pull it off? Should we come on? Let's go. You take the bow. Oh, oh, oh. So that was that's the car arriving. Um, Maeve is already a big fan of the flashing lights inside. Uh, and what I did was basically drove them home to Mungafai, dropped them off, and then went off to do a big long road trip on my own because I wanted to test out the car and see how it went. So I've actually already done uh, not far short of 1,500 kilometers in the car already um, in less than a week. Uh, took it down to Palmerston North and uh, via Telpo. Uh, learned quite a bit about it along the way. Um, you will like these cars when they arrive. Uh, they are not perfect. There's a few little things around the place but that need to be tidied up. But BYD are actually being really um, uh, open and proactive in how they're hand handling some of the things. 
Um, and uh, yeah, I actually had a chat, uh, well, some had a chat to some BYD engineers who'd come into New Zealand this week to look at a few things, and they are making some tweaks. Um, uh, things like they are, there's some engineers coming down from China to just tweak the warning systems a little bit for the a, for the ADAS, the uh, uh, driver assistance features. Um, and there's certainly a lot of work to go on the software, but uh, look overall for for a fresh off the boat new car to the market it's it's pretty impressive uh and uh yeah it's a pretty cool drive now trisha i'm sure you've i know you've spent a bit of time with them yourself but um you you must be pretty keen to see what the car will do out there yes i am i think in particular long range um because you know i haven't i haven't been able to test test that yet i've had the car i've tested a car uh for an hour and then i tested again for a second test drive for about an hour and a half, which is not enough really. Um, I'm very dedicated to my little group of uh, people that ask me questions every day and I get tons of messages. Um, so it's a really nice way for me to learn about what people actually want from a car and how mm -hmm. they would like it, like it to behave. So it's a lot of you know hot topics come up quite often. Uh, I one in particular is the singular climate climate control, which looks very very dual, you know, in the in the infotainment screen. But actually, when you move one side, the other side moves. So it's little things like that, and and it's quite nice because there's a whole range of you know what's important to somebody isn't important to somebody else, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but the general gist of it is a lot of people want to know how it drives. Um, I get the feeling that. Quite a number of people who have placed pre-orders in, in New Zealand are new to the EV scene. Um, mm -hmm. And I think, you know, a lot of them will, for, the, for a lot of them, this will be the first EV that they will have. Um, so in that respect, I think it's actually quite ideal, an ideal vehicle for them, because it's really quite a, a good transition car, I think, going from ICE to EV. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have a very harsh regen. It doesn't have that, you know, breaking your neck kind of feeling when you when you take your foot off the accelerator you don't lurch forward or backwards right so i think it's very comfortable and people will get used to it quite quickly and then get mm -hmm. the learning you know the learning curve you know is always like very steep right when you first get get a new car let alone an ev yeah. um so i think it's a very good transition car to to have yeah over the distance i didn't see any issues with how it drove it rides it's got a really nice ride a really uh, mm -hmm. nice ride compromise they've done well on that uh the um the steering assist and cruise control are actually pretty reasonable with a few little tweaks things like uh i think it's actually too sensitive on requiring how much feedback you need to be putting into the wheel when you're on uh, on longer runs uh, and that's something that i have mentioned to uh to byd um, and again, that's something that is, is part of the adjustment scheme, I believe. Um, the alerts go off too much, but I've managed to turn, dial those down, and I'll keep those dialed down until that's been updated. Uh, the acceleration, yep, yeah, it's good. It's not, I almost feel like this. the MG gives you more of a punch, but arguably the way the BYD setup's probably better in the long run. Um, the brakes are good. The Batman tires aren't bad. They, I didn't feel like they lacked any grip, and they are very quiet on the highway, I would note. Um, now, range-wise, which is something that people are probably pretty eager to, to learn, uh, in my time around town here, we're averaging about 14 kilowatt hours per 100 kilowatt, kilowatt uh, 1400 
14 14 kilowatt hours, kilowatts. Yeah. 14 kilowatt hours. 14 kilowatt kilowatts. Yeah. Get it right. I'll get it right. Um but on the open road it was probably doing about 18 19 um initially a little higher because on the run up to Taupo it was quite steep uh mm. and then a lot lower on the way back down so it kind of balanced it out. Um I've got it on the video but I think in the end we we're averaging just shy of 18 uh for the open road run. Um it is a safe 300k open road car and that's what i say to people in the same way that i say that the dmg is a safe 200k open open road car you can go more if you want uh the byd is a safe 300 and that and that kind of pays out if you look at battery capacity and and so on so on so forth um don't trust the gom when you get the car the gom being the guesser meter GOM initially is set in a system where it, no matter what you do, if you charge it up, it goes to 470. I think it is about 470. Uh, and then it basically drops from there. Now, that's not really relevant in the long run. And my understanding is either there is a switch in the system that lets you turn it to one that's based on recent mileage, or they are bringing you a switch that will do uh, the same things. Uh, but uh, at the moment, don't trust the GOM. Just work on the percentage, and if you're going on a long run, work on the basis of three kilometers per percentage, and you'll be pretty safe. And it's a very linear percentage. Like with the MG, with no battery percentage, and you've got the bars and so forth, you're kind of guessing a little bit. And those mm -hmm. last two bars, Trisha, as you well know, and last forever, um, This the BYD is very linear. It just it ticks down. You can trust it to the point where on my arrival into Taupo on the uh, first night, I got in there with 2%. Um, but I already had enough trust that the graduation was very linear that I wasn't too worried about that. Plus, you know, we had uh, options to uh, get off the uh, road and charge if, if need be. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of the range I'd suggest to expect. Um, yeah, the Richard, what, can does. I ask? Yeah. Sorry, can I just start with that? Can I ask you, what's your style of driving or anyway for the, the time that you've had the car? Are you, what so, mode are you driving in and have you got a lead foot? So by and large on this trip, I said an eco, but an eco, it doesn't seem to actually significantly... Eco and a lot of other vehicles will actually stop you going over 90, 95. Uh, and this one, all it does is it just mutes your initial acceleration a little bit. So you can actually leave it in eco and still drive open road really well. And I think that's good. I think some of those cars that have eco that make it hard to drive in the open road, it's a little bit counter to the purpose. Mm. So I generally feel eco or normal, air conditioning on, uh, and I was doing open road limit. So I took the motorway down through Hamilton, 110 the whole way. Um, and uh, on the main road, 100 on cruise control and let it roll um, is, is my theory. So I wasn't hypermiling it. That was So I left uh, Bombay with 85% to get to Taupo with 2%. On the way back, I left Taupo with 100% and I arrived back in Newmarket um, on a similar run with 17% left. Um, so that's that was ultimately the range on that run back would have been well over 300 because um, that was 275k or something like that with 17% left. Uh, but uh, yeah, I would say your safe mark is 300 um, for uh, open road trips and probably a little less if you're loading it up. But but that's kind of a good thing to work out. Now, one of the things that people are going to love is just how well this car charges. And it's not something that people think about when they're, when they're doing... The, they're comparing these cars but it is the most important bit of road tripping once you get once you leave after the first section from home 
it's not so doesn't matter how big your battery is it's how fast your car charges the, the size of your battery only matters for the first charge uh, because after that it's just a case of how many how many kilowatts of kilometers of range you can put on every time you stop per minute versus driving um this car i suspect well i i had a chat today with someone at byd suggesting they should actually raise the charging ability on this car so currently they claim it charges at 80 uh, 80 uh, kilowatt hours um it actually charges at pretty much 90 so when i plugged in at telpo after the rundown the battery uh, sorry uh, at bombay after a rundown from mungify the car jumped almost immediately within 30 seconds to 89.5 uh and it stuck there um and it stuck there for quite a while up into the i think high 60s low 70s then it dropped down to 60 ran at 60 for a while and then it dropped down ultimately once it got over 80 in the in the mid 80s and down to about uh, into the low 40s now for those of us who are used to driving an mg mgs when you even if you plug them into a 50 you know you plug them into a high speed charger you might see 60 for about two minutes and then you're dropping down pretty unfast and on a charge net 50 kilowatt unit they kind of charge at about 43 on average maybe a little bit lower sometimes when they're getting warmer the byd on a 50 kilowatt charge net unit runs at 49.5 and just stays there and what that says to me is that the car is capable has the cooling because it's a the heat pump cools the battery as well um of charging faster and from what i'm hearing out of byd and this is you know this may not prove to be true but i think it, it might happen the car is actually ultimately capable of charging at 100 on that dc on that the hardware that's in the car now and it's a software update away from being able to do that but if you're used to an mg if you're used to a leaf this car will be a revelation um about uh, in regards to how fast it charges it does it just super well and the other thing was simplicity of of how to do it the charging port on the side okay i actually prefer the nose on the mg but this one works really well the door works well the plugs are easy it's a good height um and you know i've found lately some of the ccs units i've had to you know shove plugs in and tuft the vehicle push it in hold it in. none of this every time it worked i did not get a single fault the whole trip on a range of charges um it charged on tesla charges at the tesla ac charges at the hilton and taupo um, and i don't think those are gen 3 ones there that charge and everything these are earlier ones where which can be a bit more hit and miss it charged there quite happily um it was 2 30 in the morning so i don't feel guilty for taking a park a tesla could have taken because if they weren't there by 2 30 in the morning that's their problem um yeah uh so so that's kind of that now a negative things that I've spotted so far um, is those warnings on the ADAS are too aggressive, I think, for New Zealand roads. I think they're set for a wider road. Um, and so the second you kind of turn on a New Zealand road, they trigger. Um, I found the heater a little underwhelming. Uh, the heated seats are great, but I found the actual time for the heater to kick on and generate heat was a little bit too much, a little bit too long. I think in the same vein, the heating system does a few little tricks around what it's doing to um save energy so i think sometimes it's taking heat from the battery and so forth heat the cabin these kind of things and that means you end up with a weird few weird situations and you can actually see it on the screen it does indicate i think i'm still waiting for a full answer indicate when it's taking battery heat versus uh air conditioning heat um it means that it, sometimes that can force if you've just got the air conditioning running in the car and it's scavenging heat from the battery it doesn't dry the air like air conditioning would 
uh, and um, the uh, <laughs> getting some great comments to the side. I'll come to in a minute. And so you end up with a little bit of fogging, but you because you got the buttons down the center console where you can hit the demus for the windscreen. That's pretty easily taken care of. Um, what else? That's kind of the core stuff. Um, yeah, I'm kind of you're getting a bit used to right hand indicators again. If those for those people hadn't noticed that. Um, well, the car is bigger. I actually think the back seat in the MG is more useful. I think the footwells are deeper and just the driest position uh, in the back seat of the MG, particularly when I put a car seat in, was a little more. It does feel a little more spacious in the back of the MG than it does in the uh, BYD. Even if the tail of the tape goes the BYD's way, um, that's one area where the MG has it. Uh, but the overall, the BYD is just smoother, drives pretty much as well. Yeah, it's, it's a different experience, but it's um, it's, it's better in so many areas, but it doesn't win in everything against the MG. Yeah, I think it's built for comfort, Richard, isn't it? Wouldn't you agree? Mm -hmm. It's really comfortable yeah. and it's and it's, it's just a, a comfortable drive um, for daily use. You know, why, why wouldn't you want to be comfortable? It's an interesting point you make about the child car seats. You probably have, how is your, your child's probably a three, four, year, three? Two and, um, two and a half. Two and a half, yeah. So... I've had um, some photos sent to me of the rear-facing um, child seats, and mm. I remember in the MG when when I had a rear-facing car seat in, it's, it was actually touching. I had to push the, the mm. passenger front passenger seat quite far up ahead, and it was still touching against it because of the angle of how the um, mm. um, rear-facing car seats sit. But I've just seen a photo recently of one in the BYD, and there was still plenty room to spare. So I think yeah. it kind of depends on the type of child car child car seat you have perhaps i think it's down to depth so i think the actual if you take the what's i think technically the knee room in a car the knee room in the byd is better but i actually think the seat base distance between the seat base and the floor and then the angle of how you sit in the mg is just a little more upright uh and i mm. think for people um ultimately well people who are over child height i think the mg may just be a little bit more comfortable um and the roof height in the MG in the back is definitely higher. So I can sit in the MG without touching my head on the roof. I'm touching my head on the roof in the back of the BYD. So just something to note is if the back seat is really important to you, um, well, the BYD has the better measurements. I do think for many situations, the MG is the superior back seat. Um, yeah, yeah. Any, is there a back and, and... seat in the truck, Adam? He's frozen. Nah. <laughs> Nah. I thought he that wasn't moving for a while. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, I'm here. <laughs> we thought we'd lost you there no for back. a second. <laughs> yeah, no, there's no back seat. In the truck. No. Mm -hmm. And Richard, how it's, did um, you find the uh, adaptive cruise control? Oh, it's Stop good. And go. It's good. It's a, yeah. it's a little bit... Um, look, you can do better on the... Uh, the uh, braking or the, the regen by doing it yourself. It is a little... It's a little rough, um, yeah. but that's I think comes down not so much the to the uh, the setup of well the the it, a computer can only go so, so far in that area they can't see when you're coming to a brow of a hill you can see what's coming ahead of you uh, so uh, yeah I think that's why but it works well enough to not really bother not using it um, mm. so I used it pretty much the entire trip because 
I'm lazy. And the actual steering, the uh, the lane keep on a high on the freeway on the motorway uh, or the Waikato Expressway in this case, excellent. You just had to keep your hands really firmly on there, and when it did think you went on there, really put it firmly back, or it would blare at you really, really loudly. Be a not a pleasant wake up if you had a kid slumbering in the back on the on the yeah. uh, on a night drive. But yeah, look, let's yeah, take a second just to go through. Yeah, mm -hmm. let's take a second to go through uh, the. Um, uh, through the questions that are out there. Uh, so what software updates did your car get compared to the demo models in the showroom? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Uh, there was a so an update that went on the cars before they go out, I gather, compared to some of the early deliveries. Um, hello, Drive EV. Uh, hello, Oki. Um, Jeff uh, Fry says, you can switch to estimating range off the last 50 kilometers in the menu. Jeff, I could not find it. If someone can send me the details to richardautomediagroup.co.nz, I will run out to the car and try it because it was frustrating me. And uh, I was going to, apparently I'm being told by BYD tomorrow how to do it. Um, under the new energy menu, you can switch to dynamic, which is current usage. Okay, I will go and have a look for that. I can't say I saw that button. But does that affect the GOM on the dashboard, Ross? That's the question. <clears throat> um, Tazzy EV1, uh, what speed was it at a consistent, say, 110 kilometers an hour to get 300 kilometers? No, you wouldn't get 300 kilometers at a, con at, uh, a consistent 110. At 110k an hour, it was using about 24 to 26 uh kilowatt hours per 100 kilometers um so if you were doing a consistent 110 you would get probably closer to 200 if you're lucky hard to read um drive ev says it's all about the charge absolutely true um to the point where i'm almost yeah. like in a country with new like new zealand with so many ev charges you're almost better off with uh you could almost go for the smaller battery and not really worry too much um adam would this leaf that he packs with ice might disagree um no nah, char charging is better than uh single charge range like it, it doesn't matter if you've got 200 or 400 or 500 k's on a single charge the most important thing is charge rate and it and i don't mean just uh peak charge rate it's it's the entire charge curve. It's how how long it takes to get from twenty percent to eighty percent. That that's the important factor. Mm. That that's yeah. what gets yeah. you on the road again. Mm. Uh, yeah. Look for for example, if you were to put a if you were to race from Auckland to Christchurch in a fifty kilowatt BYD Addo, if it does the same charging, I'm not sure if it does. Uh, versus a MGZS. Uh, the BYD would beat it by a matter of hours. Mm -hmm. It would take half the charging time to get down there. It's irrelevant about what a, you know how much range it's got on the road to an extent. Efficiency is is important too, but battery capacity less so. Um, uh, Bruce Johnson says so. It's all about the base. It, it, oh, okay. Someone better day. tell Megan Trainer. <laughs> yeah, at the at the end of the day, you could have a thousand k's per charge but it doesn't matter if it can only charge at 20 kilowatts um if if you've got 300 k's but it charges at 100 kilowatts all the way to 100 you get from a to b quicker with the smaller battery with the higher charge rate than what you with the small charge but the big battery 
a, yeah. a charge rate that gets you on the charge curve I'm, rather. I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a big fan of uh, Bjorn Nyland or Tesla Bjorn for those of you who haven't seen him on on YouTube before, and if you watch his his long distance runs, he only ever charges for very short periods of time. He will charge at the and I do this all in my trip. He will charge at the point where the vehicle is, uh, um, showing, uh, you know, the, the best charge rate. If it starts to drop, he's out of there. There's no point. You wait until you get to the next one, and you time it when your battery is going to get the most in. Um, uh, Drive EV's making some jokes about the guitar strings on the door. Yes, they're there. Guys from Drive EV popped over to have a look at the car and um, rather enjoyed uh, rocking out on the on the guitar strings. Um, Drive EV says you can also put a towel under the child car seat for a better fit. Yes, I have got a towel under the car seat, mostly because I suspect the white seat will mark, coming from a nice black interior in the uh, um, in the uh, MG, which MG. is very handy for children. Um, mm. The uh, Ross Walkham says yes. Okay, so I'm guessing he's talking about the dynamic stuff. Uh, uh, sorry if I mispronounced your name, but Water de Police says, what is the max brake regen rate in the BYD when using the brake? It shows a rate on the cluster. I think a Model 3 is 80 kilowatts. On my test drive, I saw it go up to about 20 kilowatts without using the brake. Uh, I couldn't tell you. Um, yeah, I just just cruising along, I think I saw it running at about 20-odd, but when I put the uh, brake uh, in uh, on, you know, to generate regen, I think the most regen I saw was about 65 kilowatts. Um but I'm, that's going off memory of something that was very much a glancing view. Uh, Tazzy EV1, do you have the charging curve from 80 to 100 to 10 to 80 percent, or is it available through Bjorn? I'm sure we'll test it on his next trip to Thailand as well. Uh, we do. So if you actually go back to the original uh, BYD um, uh, live stream, I don't have it with me now. But if you flick through that on YouTube, my way of encouraging you to go and have a look at my video again, we <laughs> actually published the provide cur provided curve there. And even then it was saying it was going to be above 80 kilowatts. But from my experience and what I've just done, uh, on the uh, 350 kilowatt charges in New Zealand, or realistically in this case, they were acting as 150 kilowatt charges, it would, uh, from a low level run up to um, low 80s, then, cru then get up fairly quickly to 89.5 cruise along at that to about 60% where they would drop down to 60 uh, and then from there they would go down in steps to uh, by the time they were about getting to 85 they were dropping down to under 40. Um, my just my theory on it was when I was going along is if I drop down under under 45 then I might as well move on um, so that's a pretty good set for being used to charging it 45 <laughs> it's uh it works pretty darn well so uh yeah any other questions from the uh, boards before we uh move on and uh yeah uh shut up shop for the night any other last minute questions uh trisha any other thoughts from from you on the car and you said you're gonna go are you gonna go on a road trip as soon as you get yours oh yeah definitely um i do i do wonder at the, the the, another hot topic that everyone's been talking about in our group is the servicing, not just about the cost, but for me, it's about, you know, knowing that the staff at the dealerships can actually service an EV. I understand there's not very many things to look at. It's quite basic. Um, I think Warren said that the staff were going to go have their training sometime soon. I know the managers had their training this week. So I'm hoping the service staff will have their training soon because the cars are going to be out on the road really, really quickly, really yeah. soon. 
I, I think the thing I think the thing to be aware with that is that sorry. <coughs> There's a couple of aspects to that. Uh, I believe some training started this week, and I believe there are people from overseas in New Zealand to assist with that. Um, the thing is, we're not working from a zero base. These aren't people that they're just picking up off the street and training to do this. So if you take, for example, Andrew Sims, these are the same people that are servicing multiple other brands of electric vehicles. Um, so they kind of know what they're doing to an extent already. It's more about being uh, prepared. Specific to the BYD. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I also believe they couldn't do any training until the machines arrived and the machine and the scanning machines and other tools have only arrived in the last week as well um, via right. air freight. So uh, that was um, that was pretty important, uh, I think, for them to get on the ground to do the training. I cool. think one of the interesting things about servicing the BYDs is it's the only mainstream electric car I know of where they schedule transmission fluid changes. And I think that is brilliant. I have never understood how the how other electric vehicles could get away with what is transmissions taking relatively high torque um loads without even needing an a fluid change okay um so yeah, how often would that happen and is it dependent on mileage or is that a a, a time factor it's I mileage can't isn't recall, it but i believe it's every i think it's every second service so it might be at every forty thousand k or something like forty thousand yeah. yeah all yeah. right interesting um, so do you do you also have any um, over-the-air updates updates for us? Like, you know, when the first one will be and, and Android Auto and Apple CarPlay coming? I don't. And I don't, but but just going back to um, uh, what we have up there from uh, Tushul, are the promised software updates going to be just the infotainment unit or like Tesla for the BM and other drivetrain components? I believe that there's the potential to update everything. I believe I don't believe it's just for the, uh, the software for the infotainment system um it may be that some of the updates have to be done in person rather than through over the year when it comes to the bigger stuff but i yeah my understanding is it's for everything but i could be wrong i am not working for byd i need to make that clear um yeah scott am i are you happy with the car overall i am um i'm not saying yet that we're we're 100 committed to buy it there are a few questions we have in regards to just space um but that's probably not so much being an anti-byd thing it might be more a case of we need to wait for the what are they calling it the sea lion which are, which i think is on the product roadmap roadmap for next year as a few people will be uh mm-hmm. i have some very minor nit- nitpicky things which i've mentioned before um but overall it's it's an impressive car and look you know the, the comparison is probably going to come you know, people talking about model y and byd at a three launching at the same time it, it's an unfair comparison between the uh, two vehicles, and uh, the the BYD 803 is a good car. It is, in my opinion, a step ahead of the MG ZS. It's a generation ahead of the MG ZS. Um, it is not a Model Y competitor. It's just not big enough to be that way. Is it potentially a Model 3 competitor? Yes and no. Um, it is... I'm sorry, it's not as good to drive and not as good on a technical level as a Model 3. It doesn't have the performance. But it has 90% of it, and it's got most of the features, or will have most of the features. And a Model 3 is becoming an expensive proposition. You know, By the time you drive out with a Model 3 now, it's like a $75,000 car versus a $78,000 car. I could argue that a Model 3 is worth 18, 19 grand or whatever is more than a BYD 803. But as people used to, as I would say to people when I bought an MG and they'd go, well, why didn't you buy a Model 3? Is I don't have the extra $20,000. <laughs> and a lot of people don't, Richard, you know. Uh, this is the reality, right? I mean, and, and also, 
you kind of, if I did have that money, would I buy it? I don't know. I feel like it's good enough. You know, I mean, do I need all the bells, bells and whistles? Probably be nice to have, but yeah, I, I'm not sure. Mm. There's a lot of value here, could, you know. I probably couldn't have a Model 3 anyway because a dog crate doesn't fit in the boot. Of, it won't get through the entrance of a, the boot of a Model 3. And I've got a kid and they've got a whole pile of junk that definitely won't get in the boot of a Model 3. So the, the, the lift back on the back of the um, of the BYD uh, is probably the, the key focus for me. Um, if there's a car I think it's a little bit of a clone of, I actually think it's a clone of a, um, not a clone, I'm trying to avoid that, that it, that it pays homage to, I guess, or, or close to the echoes, it's the Volkswagen ID4. Mm. Uh, they look very similar. They yeah. are of a similar size. They have remarkably similar... Uh, performance i guess yeah um and uh yeah. yeah i think that's kind of where it where it sits but that a nato an id4 by the time it comes to new zealand is going to be a very 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 expensive vehicle expensive car and it doesn't have richard it doesn't have the cream interior that an id4 would you know it's it, i've seen ones which are just cream fully cream adam you were about to say something yeah i personally like as a real nerd that gets into the real nitty gritty stuff, I would sort of say the the BYD at O three is basically Tesla Tech uh, V Dub ID four package because you've got that level of EV tech with the BYD. It, but it's not in a Tesla package. It doesn't have the performance. It doesn't do burnouts. Um, it's it's uh, an SUV, small SUV, but it's it's similar to the the i4. But mm -hmm. you've sort of got what that your, underneath it. What are, what are your predictions, Richard, about? Uh about the outlook and how how many units BYD are going to sell. I mean, this is going to be very popular, I think, in New Zealand. Oh yeah, yeah. they'll they'll put uh, somewhere between fifteen hundred and two thousand units on the road this year, I think, um, if not more. It really just comes down to delivery and when they get the space on the ships. Um, but there certainly seems to be no shortage, and we've haven't really seen the fleets get started on them yet. Because Tesla has restrictions around fleet sales. I think the maximum a fleet or a leasing company can buy is about 12, unless they do some kind of direct negotiations. Whereas I know the team from BYD, and they're uh, um, more than happy to sell cars to anyone, uh, I suspect. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's certainly going to be a good year. Just to um, answer a couple of things from things. Uh, what does the app look like? I don't know yet. Uh, no one knows yet. It's not out yet. Um, look, I, I think people need to be to brace themselves with the infotainment system. This is not a system as refined as the uh, Tesla system, but it is a more open system. You know, that is basically an Android. What is it? It's an Android tablet strapped to the dash. Uh, and that's great in that uh, it uh, is open, flexible, updatable, uh, but it does not have the refinement of the Tesla uh, system. Um Martin, uh, guys, any news on the MG4 expected arrival time and price? It's priced below the MG ZS EV in the UK. Uh, no, we don't have any more updates on that yet. I suspect the issue for that is going to be production and that they're already struggling to deliver M uh, ZS EVs. Uh, we do know that the first ZS EVs of the new update are arriving in the next few weeks. I'm booked mm -hmm. to drive one in a couple of weeks. Um, and though we, you know, they've still got a few of those coming, even though they have seen some uh, orders shift over to the BYD. Um, 
yeah it's uh the mg4 is going to be pretty interesting uh have heard but don't quote me that mevo have ordered 50 at of threes i am quoting you owen uh, that would be quite likely. Um, I actually may end up being next to some of them. Um, we've just leased an office in a part of Auckland where there's a new, they're building a car park there for an apartment complex. And my understanding is a large number of uh, rideshare EVs are going into that building. So maybe we'll be having some Addo 3s there nice and handy. Um, yeah, so look, that's, I think we've kind of covered off everything that people seem to want to talk about today and we've gone far more than the half hour that i pitched to everyone uh so we'll start to wind it up there uh thank you everyone for joining and asking questions uh one last one we'll let paul have the last comment uh in my opinion addo 3 is a great entry-level suv it's going to be a huge seller and help the transition but it's not a tesla competitor they are different markets the dolphin will be even better for nz uh, Addo 3 interior is a hard pass. Um, lucky he said that in his humble opinion. Um, so, uh, yeah. Right. So, thank you, everyone. Thank you for joining me, uh, Adam Middlebob. Uh, we'll let you head, headbang your way off the screen. And uh, Trisha Hudson, who I think is down in Awakuni or something for a bit of a ski. Uh, and, uh, there's no with snow, Richard. Oh, there's no snow. I'm down there I'm heading down there next week in a uh, in a, um, a BMW uh, i4 M50, so that will be fun. Uh, but uh, look, don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're watching there. The YouTube channel is the best place to watch this. Uh, it is slightly better quality than Facebook. And uh, if you're subscribed, you'll see when our new videos are coming out. The next couple of days, we've got the delivery video and my road trip video. Uh, and yeah. Oh, and for those who've hung around, one little little piece of awesomeness in the Edo 3 and we'll close with this is that if you have a USB-C powered laptop like my MacBook Air here the front USB port puts out 60 watts that is a lot as I explained to my wife our iPads will charge faster in the car than they will Ooh. in the house so that's some nice tech there some nice thinking from <clears throat> BYD and uh, something that, uh, yeah, Tishul's happy about that one. And for you road warriors out there, that means you get so much more work done when you are on the road without even having to pull out the uh, the um, uh, vehicle to load adapters, which are coming. They are coming. Anyway, thanks everyone for joining us. Sorry for the little bit of interruption in between and uh, the several graphics. And we'll catch you again next Tuesday at 8 o'clock.